Welcome to Rightcast Between the Pages. This is a podcast which is dedicated towards finding out more about the depths of the processes and the inner writing life of our guests. My name's Stuart and I'm one of your hosts. And my name's Florian and I'm another one of your hosts. And joining us today is the wonderful Louise Gooding. Um, Louise is the author of Just Like Me, um, a book about 14 neurologically and physically diverse people who broke stereotypes. She lives in Switzerland with her husband, three kids, Mina the dog and Coraline the hamster. <laughs> Louise took up writing to find a way to discuss neurological and physical diversity and other sensitive issues within children's books. With a physically and neurologically diverse family of her own, she understood the challenge of finding positive and authentic stories to read and share that featured people like them. And Louise has also written a piece for our magazine, which is also very exciting. So she is a Right Mental magazine contributor now. Yeah, thank you for joining us today, Louise. Very exciting. You're nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, thank you for joining us. So I'll, I'll start um, us off today by asking the question, probably the most interesting question I always find when, when I'm speaking to authors, which is about uh, where did it all start from for you? When did you take up writing? And what, where does the, the, the passion and the buzz come from for you? Well, I think I've always actually quite liked writing I think it probably started off that I would make up really stu stupid poems in people's birthday cards um <laughs> that's possibly where it all started um and my grandmother was great um my grandmother was always like you should be writing you're really creative and uh, unfortunately when when she passed away I I kind of felt inspired to um write her story which the first thing I ever wrote was actually about dementia and I turned up to a European Scooby conference with this manuscript under my arms, thinking I was going to take on the world. It was a picture book that was like 4,000 words long. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, and I was just, just like, no, that's fine. I'll just go with it. And that's kind of how I am. I just learn as I go. And the conference was really good. And it was actually during that conference that I came up with the idea for this book and left a bit sulkily with the other manuscript under my arms going, well, that's going to change. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the introduction to that. So, yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> that's that's really, that is amazing. And that is, yeah, that is really interesting as well that um, you wrote because of a family member and that was inspired mm -hmm. by you know your relationship with your grandma and stuff that's really yeah, yeah it's really inspiring she was, um, she was always this sort of person she actually taught um special needs children when she was much younger mm. and she used to always nag at me and my kids and everyone around her that children need to read words doesn't matter if they're on the back of the receipt or if they're on a shopping list words are important doesn't matter how they're presented children need words and she's always you know she had graphic novels picture books even when i was a kid um, which was, you know, back when, back when. <laughs> um, and, you know, that was how I grew up with her. And she always used to, you know, comment on my creativity. My mother as well was also, I mean, you should never really listen to family members. I've heard this being talked about, you know, your family always go, oh, you're really good. Um, and you might not be. So <laughs> luckily, apparently they maybe had some idea and were right maybe um but they, that's how it started with a very positive creative-minded family who encouraged creativity in all senses so I was very lucky to have that 
Oh wow, <laughs> that is that is amazing. And yeah, like as you said, I think family do have good instincts sometimes with writing. Yeah. I, I agree. Sometimes you like, <laughs> you hope. No, I'm sure they they absolutely do. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it'd be really interesting as well. Um, you know how how do you go about your your writing then? Um, you know, you've mentioned a, a picture book, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, how how do you write and um, are you a plotter or a pantser or do you write early in the morning or late at night you know I am, how, how do you I'm go about total it pantser. I mean as you probably all know and you've sort of said I am neurodivergent so I kind of go whenever I have a moment of inspiration it might be I've, I have written things on the back of receipts and, and I mean everyone kind of does that if they're inspired or on my phone I've written an email to myself and normally I go back and I just create something and see if it's worth looking into or or discovering a bit more about um but yeah I maybe I shouldn't maybe say this but I'm definitely really really good so the wine tells me after a few glasses um (laughs) but you know like you know there's some with different ways of of being creative and I have to kind of basically get my brain on on track I have just recently started actually taking medication for the ADHD which I have um that's interesting because it's really good for research I've noticed not so good for the creativity I'm best off the medication when it comes to creativity um which is an interesting thing I've discovered recently um so yeah I just kind of go with the flow it's whenever I sit down have an idea I I see how it goes see if I like it and sometimes I think it's not so great sometimes I get very excited might have sent as one story I'm in love with which my agent is a bit this is possibly not appropriate really for, for, for children it's a bit a bit sad at the end and I'm like wasn't it funny just <laughs> I like I like shocking I'm I grew up with Dr Zeus and Roald Dahl so that's my natural tendency is to be a bit 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 naughty and a bit like shock and not have the endings you want but yeah hopefully I can discover that later in as I get on with my career, maybe. <laughs> that, that's really interesting, actually. You mentioned about um, the medication. Um, mm. Do you think that might have an impact then on, on your process going forward? Might you have to, I guess, go on and off depending on what phase you're in of your, your, you know, your writing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm quite open. I mean, I, I mean, I write about it, so I have to be open. That's who I am. Um, and I think that medication is definitely, ho- I'm hoping it plays a bigger part because it was always, as everybody knows, last year was horrendous for trying to basically be able to concentrate on anything because, you know, there was the mm-hmm. pandemic, kids were home, things going on. And I'm really not good at multitasking on like, you know, I really hyper-focus on something. And if I've got kids going, but mom, I need help with maths. I, I just couldn't, or I was distracted by maths, or then I would go, but I could teach you this much better if I look up this. And I was just not concentrating on what I needed to do. And which is why I went and I, I asked for some help. I've been asking for this for a little while, but it's, I'm hoping that it really kind of helps me when it's the research and I have to sit down because it's a rabbit hole. You know what it's like. You go, you Google one thing and 20 million options come up and it's a rabbit hole. It's like, oh my goodness, but then there's this, there's this and hold on. I've now seen a video. I must watch this. And I kind of needed to, you know, hone that in a little bit. Um, and I hope it's going to really help for some of the next projects I've got, hopefully in the, in the future. So let's see. Excited to hear about those um, when when you're allowed to tell us, of course. Allowed to say, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We know what publishing is like. 
Um, <laughs> so the next thing I was wanting to chat about um, is a little bit about um, motivation because, you know, that's a, a big thing that um, I think about a lot with, with moan writing, but I'm um, always really interested to find out how others motivate themselves to, you know, to sit down every day or every couple of days or how, how, however often they do it. And, and what's at the heart of that? What's driving you to, to sit and commit all those hours of the day to your writing rather than, you know, doing something else like spending time with your family or doing mm-hmm. another sort of um, creative pursuit? Um, I mean, a lot of it is just, I mean, I am a storyteller. Before I did this, I was in children's entertainment, so I love connecting with kids. Um, and it was kind of another way of doing that. And I, again, I liked education. I was always someone who toyed with the idea of teaching, but didn't like the idea of the paperwork. Um, so this is a great way. Nonfiction is, is basically doing that with minus the paperwork. And I still get to connect with kids. I still get to talk to them, go to schools uh, and do things. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, but, you know, I grew up, as I said, neurodivergent, didn't really see anyone like me. Um, and when you did have representations, they were always full of all the tropes, disorganized, chaotic, crazy, loud, blah, blah, blah. I, I am, I am, that's fine, I am that, but I'm also all positive things too, I hope. And I think it's really important for kids to see that. And as I'm not a particularly quiet creature, I'm probably not the worst person to write about that because I don't mind standing up in front of kids and talking about it. And that's kind of my motivation that once I hopefully get these, um, you know, books out there, it allows me to have a place to talk more about it and hopefully find schools to connect with, kids to connect with, and open up the conversation of, of being different is actually very normal. So, yeah. And, and, and for you, what's the, what is the importance of, of having that representation in books? Because, um, you know, for, for, you know, as a child growing up, I'm a, I'm a school teacher myself. And so mm-hmm. I see it a lot in school, um, where, you know, people don't necessarily see themselves in mainstream television and books and so on. Um, what for you or, or how important for you is it important, uh, is it to, to get that representation? I think extreme. I think kids just need to see themselves. I mean, when you when you grow up different, whether it's you know you have a different you know race, um, you know religion, um, disability, neurodiversity, if you don't feel represented, you're not seen, and you might already be someone who already feels invisible, or you may struggle. Um, I mean, especially with neurodiversity, sometimes you struggle to make connections, and people misunderstand you. And when you put these representations in books, all of a sudden it opens up a whole world to people going, oh, okay, that makes sense now. And I mean, Elle McNichol, I'm going to throw names out there. She does a great job with her books, uh, A Kind of Spark. And, you know, she was who you, I got it wrong the other day. I called it something completely different and put it online. So that's not my book. And I was like, but it's still a good book. It's not yours. <laughs> she was totally cool about it. Um, but, you know, these sort of books are great and it gives people an insight. And even my, my daughter, we live in Switzerland. She lives, a, um, we're in a Swiss speaking school here. And the teacher reads English books. And I gave a book to my daughter to take in with, you know, representation. I think it actually was a kind of spark. And she was like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. This we don't have books like this here. And this really opened up my eyes to a difference. And I was like, "Okay, 
maybe I'll give you mine later, but still, we'll start off with someone else's. Um, but, you know, it was interesting to see even a teacher's perspective for how useful this could be, um, and especially for kids, as I said, just to see themselves and to have that conversation or for other kids to have that conversation, just to allow them to a window into this world. Hopefully that answers it. <laughs> Yeah, that no, that is really interesting. It is, and I think the one thing as well that um, you mentioned, obviously, representation in your book, and um, and I just obviously it's about forty neurologically diverse and physically diverse mm -hmm. people, and I just the thing I really want to know is how you went about writing this book particularly because it's nonfiction mm -hmm. and it's nonfiction children's, mm -hmm. um, and I think for me um, particularly, you know, I'm I'm more in the know about children's fiction mm -hmm. I think um, and yeah I just I would love to hear a bit more about you know how you wrote it you mentioned doing research for it as well um, and yeah if you could tell us a bit about that because I personally <laughs> am really fascinated by non-fiction children. I so, mean doing yeah. this book is probably maybe very different to maybe doing a book on like nature or science or something um, but I absolutely adored it. This book was so fascinating because a lot of the people in this book, you know, you can watch YouTube videos of them with them doing speeches. Nikozi Johnson, um, who is the boy who had HIV AIDS, um, he stood up in front of millions of people worldwide, you know, young kid, and basically said, don't fear me, I'm just like you in front of millions of people and you can watch this and I would say to people if they're I know the schools are reading it please go on I think it even says in my book please do further research because and that's my that was the problem with the rabbit hole I was talking about earlier I would literally start researching look up someone um, and then sometimes I'd even change opinion originally I think Stevie Wonder was going to be in my book um, but everyone knows who he is and he's a great guy um, mm. and I changed it to Dina Lambert because I thought well people don't know who she is and that would be really interesting to not just so show celebrities, but just people doing things which should be talked about. She she made it accessible, you know, for people in NASA to watch the, you know, the Mars rover. And, you know, like, you know, all these different things, which is fascinating. But her story wouldn't be shared unless I actually Googled and, and looked into things. And, yeah, as I said, too many videos, um, too many. <laughs> videos and you know even podcasts and seeing you know if they've been talked about before um harriet tubman was brilliant because the movie just came out um around the time i was researching mm. her so i watched that temple grandin there's a movie about her life and i mean i guess you have to take all these things with a pinch of salt they're always with a bit of artistic creativity but it's still interesting to kind of see how other people um feel to represent them so yeah that's Far too many, yeah, I shouldn't say. I've watched lots of movies as well. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds like great fun. Um, and, and I guess this is a, a good opportunity before we go into our, our big quiz, the big event, um, mm -hmm. to ask you a little bit about um, about mentoring. You, you signed up to, to mentor this mm -hmm. summer with, with Right Mentor. Um, for you, what, what was what was the, the reason that you decided to sign up and um, why did you choose the, the person that you chose to work with? So, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I was totally in there thinking it'd be great to find another person who was neurodiverse and find a way to see if we could bring some more of this to the forefront. Um, it's a lot of a lot of picture books that are neurodiverse representation are self-published, which is great, that's lovely, um, but there's very few at the moment in traditional publishing. And it's finding a way of giving someone that opportunity and, and someone that I could connect with 
to share this experience with and we both sort of understood um i've got claire thompson she's brilliant um neurodiverse herself and we talked about all sorts of things and i was quite honest and said it's really difficult to break into this and there'll be this and there'll be that and we had a big old chat and i might have fought for her <laughs> i've said this i was like i need to have her because we can just talk about all of this and we've already had a great session first session we got on really well oh. um they're really excited to crack on with lots of ideas and yeah, I just I was just really excited to find someone who was trying to share a part of their life and their experience. And I could connect with this. And I understand as well, there is a bit more anxiety, pressure, stress when you're basically representing something like that. And which was I was like, please, 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 can I have her, please? Mm. <laughs> and everyone was so lovely and like, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say thank you to the guys who stepped aside and said yes, okay. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're hopefully cracking on. They've got a great story, um, and we're going to see where it goes. Fingers crossed. So exciting! That is exciting, yeah, and and like so important as you say to make sure that uh, we are representing and elevating those voices so that more and more children can can see themselves and and see yeah. voices similar to themselves both within books but also authoring those books as well um, yeah. which is so important brilliant okay so that's the this kind of serious side of the discussion over and now we're on to the, the fun side of the podcast so you're going to take on uh, Florian and our beat the host quiz exciting. i know very exciting um i will ask five questions and you both get a chance and turns to reply so no need to press a buzzer or shout out um i'll ask you both and and we do it on the basis of honesty so um nobody nobody will change their answer once they hear the other persons um, you told, and, me, you told uh, me to put my phone away so i can't google the answers this is very yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah no no cheating I, I might be tempted when i'm completely confused about the answers <laughs> but i promise i'll wait <laughs> okay so um the questions are all on children's literature of course mm -hmm. and um as the guest you can answer first on this first question okay are you ready to go not really but let's go let's do it <laughs> let's do it come on right brilliant so um Give us your best guess if you're not sure, but uh, which year did Philip Pullman's Northern Lights first get published? I'm rubbish with names and years. Um, this is, again, neurodivergent. I'm going to put it out there. don't know anything. Um, don't retain any knowledge. Um, let's go with in the 90s. Can I go with Can I just kind of be generic and say 90s? No, but I don't know. Maybe the 90s? Yeah, so get... get, get... Oh, 90... Six, probably not. Okay, ninety six. Florian. <laughs> yeah, I was actually. It's going to sound like I'm lying now because I was like, I was going to go for that. I Jay, I was. I'm going to go for ninety five because I think it was around when I was born. So ninety five. Ninety six and a half. We could have like. Yeah, ninety six point January nineteen ninety six. No, I'll go for ninety. I was going to go for 95 because I think it was when I was, yeah, around when I was born. So, so yep, the answer yeah. is 1995. Oh! oh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it is one of my favourite series of books and I remember a link with my birthday. So there we go. I'm um, so, I'm so, oh, we were so close. I'm so impressed with both of you though. That was so close. <laughs> yeah, I actually know that. I'm really good at knowledge, general knowledge. So. <laughs> 
yeah that is it i think that's like that is very close for a date as well that is impressive yeah well well done to both of us i think we should both get a point Stuart. come on <laughs> one one point to florian there okay um i know sorry sorry uh, question two question two um who wrote the children's picture book we're going on a bear hunt so florian you're first this time is it Michael Rosen? Oh, I think I pronounced his name right. Okay, Louise. <laughs> I could say I'm. I'm not going to cheat. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm really got. I've really got no clue. I can see it all, and I think was it illustrated? Was it illustrated by a different person at least? So yeah, I don't know who that is. It's not that it makes any sense, but no, I have no idea. But I know it was not one person that did the whole thing. Um, yeah, no idea. No idea. Okay. Shouldn't say that. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the the answer is Michael Rosen. Okay. Uh, um, I thought Stuart was going to go into teacher mode and go, "You have to give an answer, <laughs> Louise. No, not allowed to say no answer." <laughs> no, I'll just make it up. <laughs> Barry Smith. Barry I, I... Smith. Uh, no. <laughs> um, question three. Then, uh, what is the name of the family? And Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Do you know what? I've never read it. Yeah. <gasps> Neither have no. I. And I'm trying to remember. I've seen the films. I've seen the films, which is a really bad thing to say, yeah. isn't it? But, um... I, I'm really bad at general knowledge. I did warn you about this earlier. So I feel like I've, I've pre-warned you how bad I'll be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did get a pre-warning on Twitter from you. The weird thing is, like, hilariously, I'm thinking of Peter Pan and going, oh, it's the, da no, it's not the Darlings, and it's nothing to do with, I've got other names. No, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Um, yeah, I've got no idea. <laughs> I'm going to, I think I have remembered I it. Is it, the Bo is it the Baudelaire children, Stuart? Yes, it is. is it the yeah, it's children? the Baudelaire's. He's trying his best not to look judgmental here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Baudelaire children. Uh, question four. Um, I I'm sorry for these questions. <laughs> question four. <laughs> Name any of the four shortlisted books for this year's Costa Children's Award. I should know. Who's going first? Who's you, going first? but I've got no idea. Oh, God. Oh, I think I know one of them, and I think it'd be really bad for me not to know this one I, I don't know if I've got it wrong is it the Costa did you say Costa yes. shortlisting is one Jenny Pearson and what's the title <laughs> and then the other uh the super miraculous journey of Freddie Yates that is a complete tongue twister um sorry Jenny the others I don't know I'm not even sure I can start guessing uh not sure to be honest with you I'll go for one out of the three and then I can make up the rest <laughs> The other ones were Louise Gooding, yeah. Stuart White, and Florian Humphrey. We were shortlisted for the Costa for the rest of it. But yeah, I think I think it was Jenny 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 Pearson because she's a right mentor buddy. But apart from that, um, yeah, Louise, who do you think? <laughs> I'm so bad at names and things. I mean, I'm going to throw in there if a kind of spark's not in there, well, it's it's irrelevant. It's such a good book. Um, yeah, very true. So, yeah. you know, I win points for just saying it's an amazing book, and it should be on that list, even yeah. if it's not. It should be. <laughs> I think um, I wonder if a kind of spark missed the, the deadline for this year's and it'll be in yeah. next year's. Mm, maybe. I think it'll be. It should, def it should definitely, 
I agree with you, Louise. It should definitely win. It was really oh, good. <laughs> so then if it was the year before, then I'm trying to think of the year. I'm terrible with names. Um, oh, trying to think. I've got no idea. I would have just said a kind of spark, but then that's obviously just told me my answer if it's just missed out. <laughs> yeah, so um, another point uh, for Florian, I'm afraid. <laughs> That I mean, it's only because we know Jenny. Countdown next time, like a countdown maths or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please do not do maths. No, 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 do not do maths yet. Okay, well, (laughs) funnily enough, question five has numbers in it. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, question five. Uh, To the nearest million, how many copies of the Gruffalo have been sold? In all languages, is this thing now? Are we talking in English? Because it's been translated, hasn't it? Into about a million different. Yep, the quiz host has not done his research Ah. as extensively. (laughs) Point to us, Florian. Point to us. Point to us. We're revolting. Point to us. No, I'll give it. I'll give the guess to the nearest million. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In English, obviously, because you know he's lazily done his research. Uh. We'll let you off. <laughs> Louise, do you want to guess first? Because oh. I'm really bad at numbers. I'm, I'm going to say, because it has to be, if it's going to be in English, it's going to probably be about two and a half million, maybe, in English. Maybe? Maybe that's still, actually quite a lot. That's still quite a lot. Do you want to <laughs> guess for world then? Because um, the figure is a bit higher. Oh, well, the world, it'd be about near nine, surely. Oh, I feel like I've gone way too so you can do You can do it. You can do England world, yeah. and then Stuart can tell us the answer later for translation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess world because mine's a very high number. So I was going to go for 17 million, but that sounds really high now. But I'll let you tell us. Stuart. So the answers were nine and 17 million. Yes, nine. I thought you were going to say it was nine. I got excited <laughs> then. So I yeah, same. Well, the. The answer is actually 13 million, so exactly between both your answers, right in the oh, middle. No That's way. That's, that is impressive. So a that point, I think a exactly. point each for that one. <laughs> Yay. Along the way. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Um, so <laughs> thanks, Louise, for uh, joining us for the, the whole episode. Um, thanks for taking part in the quiz. Um, and thank mm-hmm. you for sharing your your honest and really insightful thoughts about um, getting better representation in kids book and in kids books. And thanks so much for for writing the book that you did. Because as I say, I know as a school teacher how important books like these are for young children who are neurodivergent to read and to to see themselves in in the pages. Um, so thanks very much for thank writing you. that. Okay, and thanks very much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. And thank, thank you for you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of the latest episode of Writecast. We remind you to remember that writing can be lonely, but it doesn't need to be. May the force be with you. <laughs>